Hello and welcome to a God-Focused Life podcast. This is a podcast where we are focused on healthy living, body, soul, and spirit. We were made by God and we were made for God. So when we learn how to apply the principles from God's Word to our lives, that is when we learn how to flourish and prosper God's way. Now, I've been going through stories of the Bible in these last few podcasts because it is so important for us to understand God intervenes and interacts with his people. Remember, these are not just fairy tales and made up stories. These are real people. These are historical events that happened and we can glean from these. We can learn more about God and more about what happens when we sin, more about what happens when we let greed and pride enter in, or what happens when we lay our own hearts and ourselves down before God and do things God's way. And we start seeing that our lives flourish and our relationship just grows and grows and we become more intimate with God. So we're going to pick back up with Abraham and Sarah. And at this point, Sarah has died. We see Isaac on the scene and Isaac is actually 40 years old at this point and he has not been married yet. So Abraham is finding a son, uh, sorry, a wife for his son. Now, I highly recommend when you are reading through your Bible to find commentary. I love the Life Application Bible. That is my very favorite, favorite, favorite Bible to read. I've gotten a version for both of my kids because it's my favorite so that when you are reading through scriptures, you can easily look down at the bottom of the page for commentary that will explain the culture, what life was like there. There, there may be things that pop up that you're like, I don't understand this. Why are they doing this? And why are they acting like this? And who is this person? It gives that understanding in the life application Bible. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful study Bible. Um, I'm actually also reading through the immerse Bible and that reads like a storybook. So that gives the heart and the story of the word so that you can just pick it up, read through. You can put your bookmark in and pick back up wherever you left off. So we are picking back up with Abraham and Isaac. Now, in the, and why I go through that whole thing with commentary is that we learn that in this culture, it is very common to have arranged marriages. And Abraham is trying to find a wife for his son. Abraham goes to his servant, Eliezer. And he, Abraham at this point is very serious in his walk with God. And he is taking the promise of God very seriously, not only for himself, but for his future generations. So he wants a wife that God has chosen for his son. Now let's apply that to modern day. I am a mom of two teenagers and I know at some point in time, uh, you know, they are going to be attracted to other people and they already are, right? That just kind of naturally happens. And as a parent, I am praying now that God gives them his very best. And I don't want my kids to uh, go ahead of God or, you know, jump the gun and go according to emotions or thoughts or analyzing with their brains. We want to be a family, a family, not just them, but a family that seeks God's very best 
for our children. Abraham doesn't just put the responsibility in Isaac's hands and say, okay, go find your wife. Abraham is taking the promise seriously. He's getting his servant involved. And when you read the scriptures, you see that his servant Eliezer is taking it very seriously as well. And we see where Eliezer is actually praying to God as he's on his way to find the wife for Isaac. It is so important, especially if you are a young person and you are at that place where you're trying to find your, you know, your mate, whether it's your husband or your wife, that if you have believing parents, go to them and pray with them. Okay. We are not perfect and your parents aren't going to be perfect, but go and pray with them and ask God to help all of you, um, know who the right one is for you. And if you do not have godly fearing or God fearing parents or, uh, or, you know, parents that are living according to God's word, go and talk to a pastor or to a friend. And I'm not necessarily saying to get their opinions because Abraham is not saying he gives guidelines for who, but Abraham is not going and meeting the girl and giving an interview and finding all of these things. They want God's perfect match. Abraham and Eliezer, they are discussing this. They are giving the guidelines and they are praying, God, show us the one. So I think that is so important that we go and pray with other people, not to get their opinions and not to give their, you know, um, you know, uh, outward appearances or a great job and a great this and a great that. No, we want who God has, right? So I think that is the, the most, 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 most important because we can do those, uh, fill out the questionnaires. You can do the online dating. You can do the, okay, you know, go to church and, oh, this guy does this, 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 and he has all of these different things, but it may not be the one that God has chosen. So prayer and fasting. I always throw fasting in that too, because if you are making a decision, fasting will help you hush the voices of your soul, of your mind, your thoughts, and you really start seeking the will of God. So um, a custom in this day was for arranged marriages. So Abraham is finding the wife uh, and using Eliezer as the person to go find the wife for him. And he makes Eliezer promise a couple of things. He makes him promise, I do not want a Canaanite woman for my son because the Canaanites were not serving the Lord. And he said, that's, that is a line. We do not want someone that is not serving the Lord. And then he tells Eliezer, I want you to go to this land and go, uh, you know, where the, uh, you know, God fearing people are, if you will, and find a woman. And Eliezer just asks, okay, so what if this girl does not come back? Do you want me to go to your homeland to find someone? And here's the second piece of, of, um, not advice, but a guideline. He says, no, I don't want you to go back because God brought me out of my homeland and brought us here. And he promised to bring descendants from here. So we're going to believe God and trust that what God has said is real and true. So he has Eliezer put his hand underneath his thigh, like Eliezer's hand is underneath Abraham's thigh. And in that culture, that signified a promise. So as if like today, we would sign a paper in front of a notary public that makes it, you know, official. 
used to be where you could shake someone's hand and that's the way that you gave your word. Um, so that's very similar, probably more like the notary public, uh, very, very, very serious agreement and uh, commitment that he's making to Abraham. So Eliezer goes and we see, it even says that God, uh, that uh, God sends an angel to go with him. And so uh, Eliezer is praying and it, whether it is prophetically and God gives Eliezer this idea or whether Eliezer just submits this idea to God, this is what we're looking for here. He says, okay, we're going to go there. And when I go and ask these girls, uh, for water, the one that has been chosen is not only going to give me water, but is also going to offer to water my camels. And we see the girl that does that. And her name is Rebecca. So she waters the water, you know, gives water to Eliezer and also waters the camels. And Eliezer is like, okay, this is it. And he says, can we go to your house and let's discuss what I'm here for? We are looking for a wife. And he describes Abraham. He describes who Abraham is, his wealth, um, about his livestock and just, just an account that your, he actually goes to, uh, Rebecca's mom and the son. And they're like, okay, she needs to stay here like 10 more days. And he was like, no, like I need her to come with me ASAP as soon as possible. And, and he gives the promises and they say, okay, we are going to ask her what she wants to do. And she says, yes, I will go with him. And so I think it's beautiful that Eliezer goes, not, he doesn't just go to the girl. He's going to the parents. That is so applicable in this day and age, because when you have two families, you know, the, the, the husbands and the wives families, and they are both blessing the marriage that is getting that marriage off to a fantastic start because, and, and in God's eyes, and I realize we are not in a perfect world. And I also realize that there will be Christians and believers that come from families of non-believers. I get that. But the bottom line is we want blessings. We want to hear what other Christians have to say, whether it is a parent that is God-fearing. And if you don't have parents that are God-fearing, going to pastors and mentors, people that don't just give their opinions, but people that really base their lives and their thoughts and their actions on God's word and will give sound counsel. So in this case, they get the blessing. Isaac now, you know, it obviously is getting the blessing from his father because the father is already, you know, giving the guidelines of who. And then when they bring Rebecca, it says that Rebecca was very beautiful. And when she came, she's like, okay, who is that man out there? And I just wonder what was her tone? Like, what did she think? Because it says when she found out that this was Isaac, that this was going to be the man that she's to marry. She put a veil over her face. Um, that was just another custom. And so when, when she came to Isaac, they were immediately married. It says that he took her as his wife immediately. And I love this part that she was a comfort to him because Sarah had died. That Sarah was Isaac's mom and Rebecca was a comfort to Isaac in the death of his mother. 
How beautiful is that to see that womanly touch that, that, you know, from the mom and now from his wife. So I, I love that. It's just a beautiful love story. So this is, this is a quick story, a, a quick account of, um, you know, doing things God's way, believing the promises that God had set. I love that Abraham is now taking God very, very seriously, not just kind of making something happen, but literally praying and getting his servant to pray as well and setting those guidelines, bringing the wife you know, to Isaac and you see there's no, um, there's no turmoil. It's just a beautiful story. So I submit that to you, whether you are a parent with children that are at that age of getting married, or maybe I know that for us, we've been praying for our children's spouses since the time they were born. Literally, we've been praying, God, you know, be with and I'm, our children were babies. I may have been rocking them to sleep. And I'm like, Lord, be with the parents who are raising my children's future spouses. Be with those parents. Give them discernment. Give them understanding and help them in the trials that they're going through and that what they're facing today. Help them to stand firm in the word. Help them to have Bible studies and pray together as a family so that they are prepared for my children. And then give wisdom and discernment when the time comes. Um, those, you know, there's a, a phrase that we use. There's a check in my spirit. And what that means is, mm, something doesn't feel right about this. Pay attention to those. Pay attention. I'm not talking about like nervousness or what they call cold feet. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm talking about a check in the spirit. Like, am I, am I getting married according to God's will? Am I following God? Because it is so easy to put that other person above God because it feels good. It makes us excited. It makes us happy. It thrills us in our emotions and our bodies. It just, it feels good to be loved. But ultimately, those feelings will subside when you get married. Like after a while, there's going to be the day-to-day, the mundane or arguments or disagreements. Are you going to be able to get through those arguments and disagreements God's way? Because I know that in my marriage, you know, nobody's marriage is perfect. But when you have married because God has told you, this is the person I have for you, even when the trials and tribulations come and the disagreements and the arguments, when they come, you're still solid because you know, I made a commitment before God and this is who God uh, gave to me. And we are going to get through this. We're going to sharpen each other. We're going to learn and grow. And these arguments are simply going to throw me closer to the Lord because I'm going to go in my prayer closet and pray for my spouse. And I'm going to pray for my children. And I'm going to pray for this disagreement. I'm going to pray that we learn and grow from this. And then when the husband and wife come together in raising children, they are on the same page. They can read through the Bible stories together and glean, oh, this is what God says. This is what his word says. These are the rules. And when children see that a mom and dad truly live according to the word, they take that and see that very seriously. And they understand, wow, mom and dad are very serious about their walk with God. I've taken my Bible out many times to show it to my children. Like I've got to discipline you according to what God is saying. Um, we can't watch this or bring this into our home based on what God's word says. This is not going to benefit us in any way, shape or form because of what God's word says. So obedience is very key 
um, in living a healthy lifestyle in all areas. And we are going to obey God because it's going to go well with us when we do things God's way. And when you have a spouse that lives that way as well, sometimes, I mean, we're not perfect and we have sin in the camp, but at least when we go to the word, we can agree and say, oh yeah, man, I'm messing up right here. Whew. I need some more patience when I'm driving. <laughs> I need more peace, you know, with the neighbors. I need more, you know, fill in the blank. We need more of God in our situations, but it makes it so much easier. Uh, maybe not easier, but simpler to say, okay, we're messing up here and we need God to intervene. And it does make it simpler when you do have a spouse that's on the same page. So, um, that's, that is today's podcast. Uh, I think it's a beautiful love story. It's a great foundational story for whether you are a parent with children looking for spouses or whether you are, um, a young, uh, you know, a young adult looking for the right person. Pray fast, seek God, ask him, and don't let it be premature. Again, we see that Isaac is 40 years old when he marries Rebecca. So uh, it's not premature, okay? All right, guys. I'm so glad that you tuned into this podcast. If you have gleaned anything from this or if you know other people that would just like to go through the Bible and just, you know, turn this on while they're driving to work or to school or wherever, uh, maybe this is a great podcast that you could recommend to someone. Please send it to them. This is a way that other people can just glean. I'm not, you know, getting any kind of financial kickback from making these podcasts. I simply uh, feel like the Lord has asked me to make these podcasts, send them out so that people are taught the word of God, that they are taught the foundation of the Bible. So I hope you guys are blessed. Like, share, comment. Um, If you would like to get a hold of me, you can email me at RebeccaThompson019 at gmail.com or you could find me on social media at RebeccaCoffeeThompson. Um, I love you guys. I'm glad that you're listening and I hope you have a blessed day. Till the next time.